Welcome to Foundational You with Dr. Dean Hackett, the home of biblical teaching and cultural impact. We are so glad that you joined us for today's podcast. You can find out more about Dr. Dean, read his blog, and find more episodes at fdeanhackett.com. Now for today's episode. Welcome to Foundational You. I'm Dr. Dean. I'm so glad you've joined me today in this study as we are looking at the question, is our culture mocking God? We discovered in our podcast last time that the Church of England on July the 10th publicly announced that they had come to the conclusion there is no clear definition of a woman. And yet, a year previously, on July 1, 2021, Breitbart News had reported that the first ever transgender priest in the Church of England had declared firmly that God is non-binary, that God is transgender. And we asked ourselves a question, what scripture are they reading? How did they come to the conclusion that there definitely is no definition of a woman, and yet God is definitely transgender. And does that fit with Scripture? We discovered in our last discussion together that Almighty God has clearly revealed himself in Scripture and has clearly chosen to identify himself as male. That Almighty God, talking about the Lord Jesus Christ, declared him, this is my beloved son, that we know that Jesus Christ on the eighth day after his birth was circumcised and named Jesus. And that throughout scripture, he is referred to as son of God, son of man. That almighty God did not say, uh, this is my beloved child. This is my beloved offspring. Now, God said, this is my beloved son, clearly identifying Jesus as male. And then Jesus consistently referred in scripture to Almighty God as father. He said, when you pray, go into your closet and pray in secret and say, our father, which art in heaven. He said, pray to your father in heaven. Then Jesus said that, I'm going to Father. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. Over and over again, referring to Almighty God as Father. He's our Heavenly Father. Okay? He's not just our Heavenly Being. He's not just some creature. He's not transgender. Almighty God has chosen to reveal himself in the image of Heavenly Father, the male image. But what about woman? Is there a clear definition of woman? What makes a woman a woman? What makes a man a man? Or, or is there really no? Can, is, is it really true? that we can, of our own choosing, 
choose to identify ourselves, whichever one of those, or choose to be non-binary. I'm not choosing to be either one of those. I'm kind of going to float between the two. Sometimes I'll be male, sometimes I'll be female, or maybe I'm just going to be something else other than male or female. I'm going to be something else other than that. But we have to go back all the way to the beginning. If we're going to understand if there is a clear definition of woman, something that makes woman a woman, we have to go to the beginning. And so we go to the book of Genesis, chapter 1. We're going to read verses 26 and uh, read what God has to say. Because he's the one that made us. He probably knows what we are. Don't you think? <laughs> Genesis 26 and 27. And God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air, over the cattle and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him. Male and female created he them. So the first thing we need to understand is that male and female is a God idea. It's not a man-made idea. It's a God idea. And because it's a God idea, we humans don't have the authority or the privilege of being able to override that and reconstruct that or deconstruct that. That's not our privilege. That's not, that's not our authority. God did not give us that authority. God made them male and female. God chose to identify what would be male and what would be female. That was God's choosing from the very beginning. So again, let me read it for you. Again, Genesis 26, Genesis chapter 1, 26 and 27. And God said, let us make man in our image. That's meaning the human race. We're going to make the human race in our image. And after our likeness, and let them, see, that's why we know that when it says, let us make man, the term there for man is being used in reference to all of the human race. Let us make man in our image, after our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the fowl of the air, over the cattle, and over all the earth, over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him. Male and female he created them. So God's using man sometimes to refer to the species male, man, but also sometimes referring to the whole human race, both male and female. And God made them male, and God made them female. The human race, that is mankind, made in the image of God. In the distortion of that image, the remaking of a human being into an image of our own choosing is to mock 
God and to blaspheme his creation, to blaspheme him and his creation. That taking into the human hands the authority and the power that was never designated to us, was never declared that people could choose to declare someone transgender, bisexual, homosexual, lesbian, transhuman. The whole idea of creating someone transhuman is mankind taking into their grasp, into their power, and into their authority what they believe is the right to be able to make human into the image that they choose to make them. And Almighty God never delegated that authority and power to mankind. That is in the hands of God alone. The creation of the human race is in the hands of God alone. And he chose to create the male and female and to give them those characteristics, those unique qualities that would make them male, that would make them female. That is in the hands of God alone. And it is not in the hands of human beings to make that choice and to make that declaration. Well, I choose to be transgender. Well, they are transgender. Well, I choose to be homosexual. Well, I choose to be lesbian. Well, I choose to be bisexual. Well, I choose to be... I choose to, to uh, we're, we're going to make people transhumans. All of that is the mockery of God. It is taking into our authority and our power, <clears throat> or into, into our authority and into our hands, a power that was never given to us. And then to believe that someone has the right and the privilege through surgery, to change someone from male to female, or by surgery to change someone from female to male, to think we have that authority, that is the, that is the epitome of blasphemy. And then to do that to a child that is too young to even be making those kind of decisions, it's one thing when, it, when an adult is making that decision about themselves, but when there is a child and, and that decision is being made as a child, that is, that is the worst kind of blasphemy. And I believe that is in the realm of when Jesus said, if you offend one of these little ones, it would be better for you to have a millstone tied around your neck and be thrown into the sea. There is a special judgment in hell for someone that does that. That is, that is the height of blasphemy to make that kind of a choice. We're just not given that authority and that power. That's not in our realm. And we are taking an authority and a power in our hands that will not turn out good. It will not, it will not turn out well because that is not given to us. To understand this even further, Genesis chapter 3 Verse 16, this is God speaking. To the woman he, meaning God, said, I will greatly multiply your pain in childbirth, and in pain you'll bring forth children. 
Your desire will be for your husband, and he will rule over you. So a woman is someone who conceives and gives birth to children. God uniquely created one segment of the human race, uniquely created them with the ability to conceive and to bear in their body a preborn child to carry that. A woman has a womb. A woman has the ability to bring forth an egg that can be that can then be fertilized and have conception within her womb. And then she can give birth. And after giving birth, that woman can then nurture that child that she has carried for nine months. She can nurture that child with life-giving nurture from her own body, giving health. Inside her womb, she gave life-giving nurture to that child through the umbilical cord. And now, after birth, she is going to give life-giving sustenance to that child through her breasts. Woman is the only creature in the human race that can do that. Woman is the only creature in the human race that has the capacity for conception, that has the capacity for a child to grow and develop in her womb, and the capacity for giving birth, and then the capacity to give life-sustaining sustenance to that child she gave birth to. Only woman has that capacity. The male doesn't have any capabilities. There are no physical attributes that enable him to have conception, that enable him to carry in the womb, that enable him to nurture a child after it's born. Man doesn't have that. But God gave to man the unique ability to be able to fertilize the egg in a woman. A woman cannot fertilize an egg. Now, I know there's artificial insemination that can, that can fertilize an egg in a woman, but a woman cannot fertilize an egg. One woman cannot fertilize the egg of another woman. They don't have that capability because that is exclusively given to the male population. He is given the capability to do that. That is uniquely male. She is uniquely female. She is uniquely woman. He is uniquely male. And after, after he has fertilized the egg, then his job is not to nurture that life in the womb and, and, and give life-sustaining sustenance in the womb to that child and then give birth to that child and then give life-sustaining sustenance to that child after it's born. That's uniquely woman. His job is to uniquely fertilize the egg and then his job is to protect, to provide. He's given, he's given the, the big muscle jobs, okay? Because he's uniquely male. That's his role. That's what God designed him for. 
there is a clear definition of woman. It is woman that he's talking about here. Now, but did you also notice in this passage when God is talking, God clearly defines a marriage as one woman and one man? It's not two women. It's not two men. It's not multiple women and a man or multiple men and a woman. It is one woman, one man. That makes up the divine order of marriage. God designed it. It's a God-designed concept. Now, going from there, and, I, and I'm hopscotching through Scripture. There are so many Scriptures that give us a clear definition of woman. But let me hopscotch from there to Proverbs chapter 31, verses 15 to 31, because in that passage, God gives to us multiple characteristics of woman, of a woman. She's a homemaker. She's a caregiver. She's a cook. She leads a home industry. She leads a home industry. So she's, she has leader capabilities. She, she is wise in fiscal management. She has compassion and care for the needy. She gives wise counsel to her husband so that he is successful in his career and he is recognized as a leader in the community and is respected in his career. She is a woman, listen, whose value is far above rubies. She is a woman and her value is far above rubies. That is never said about a man. Those words are never said about a man. His value is far above rubies. That's never said. It's only said about woman because these qualities are so unique about woman and they're so varied and they're so broad. There's so many things that God gives to us about, about woman. In Genesis chapter 2, 18 to 21, when God created man and he looked down at man, he looked down at Adam and he said, it's not good that man should be alone. I will create for him a suitable helper. And then God put Adam to sleep and out of Adam, he took a rib and he made what God called woman. He didn't create her from herself as he did man. Man was created out of the dust. God created woman out of man. That is why another thing that makes a woman uniquely woman is she receives her sense of worth and value from the man in her life. It starts with daddy. When there is a nurturing, caring, protecting, affirming, encouraging, loving, accepting, embracing father in the woman's life. She grows up with a good sense of worth and value. She has a healthy self-image, a good self-image, and she is successful in life. When that is absent, she's always floundering and looking, and it makes her very vulnerable to very selfish men. It makes her very vulnerable to rejecting her own image and of who she is as a woman. All my then it transfers when in marriage it's transferred to the to the husband. God designed her that way. She's uniquely woman. 
but she is also created from the side of man. She is his suitable helper. She's to come along beside him as his mutual companion. She's not to be dominant over him. She's not to be controlled under him. Now, but look what God said in the Garden of Eden. When man fell into sin, when woman sinned and man sinned, God said to the woman, your desire is going to be for your man, but he'll rule over you. Now, that doesn't mean, oh, you're going to, you're going to fawn over your man, you're just going to do this. No, no, that's not what it means. In the Hebrew, it literally means you're going to seek to rule over your man. You're going to seek to dominate your man, but he's going to dominate you. He's going to manipulate you. You see, the sin fractured God's design of him making the male and female. God created the male and female. Sin fractured it. Well, there's a clear definition of woman in Scripture, but sin has fractured it. I could continue on, but this gives you a very clear idea that, oh yes, there's a very clear definition of woman. There's a very clear definition of male, and it is a God-designed thing. But sin has fractured it. And we, as human beings, have no authority to deconstruct God's concept of male and female. That is a God-designed thing. And oh yes, Church of England and human race, there's a clear definition of woman. God gave it to us in his holy word. We should go there and rediscover it because it brings freedom. It, and when you look at scripture's definition of woman, it gives value, it gives worth, it esteems her value is far above rubies. God bless you. Thank you for joining me today in Foundational You. I look forward to you joining me next time. God bless. Thank you for joining us today. This Christ-centered biblical training is a ministry of Spirit Life Ministries. We hope that you are blessed by this podcast and share it with your friends and colleagues. For more information or questions for Dr. Dean, please contact us at the website fdeanhackett.com.